Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets. But the point is, I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. With the second pick in the 2017 NBA Draft, the Los Angeles Lakers select Lonzo Ball from UCLA. the Lakers legacy NBA 2017 draft day edition yeah we're here um as we did in the last time we tried to do a live cast is technically quote-unquote a live cast but when we had our lottery day episode right now we are in the pre-game stage of the draft so it's 3 49 p.m nothing really has has gone down yet we're also going to record our live reactions of probably the first round or the Lakers, at the very least, the Lakers' first pick, the number two pick, provided they don't trade that. And we'll also have post-game reactions. Tonight's episode is going to be a little mishmash and piecemeal because for the first time in the last three years, Tommy, Alan, and I are not in the same place watching this. So I'm going to kind of have to, yeah, piece it together. So right now I'm with Alan Riley. Alan, how are you doing, my friend? It's now about a day and a half since the D'Angelo Russell trade. Uh, we don't have Paul George yet. We're coming into this draft uh, a little less lit than we thought, and that may be an understatement. But yeah, how are you feeling? I feel very pensive. Yes, I like that. I like that vocabulary. <laughs> I, I, I like that one. Yeah. Um. Ah, uh, dude. I just. I don't know. I don't feel good. Like, I feel like if we take Ball, like that's it. You know, like, that's great. That's fine. Yep. Everything else, just keep it status quo. Don't do anything freaking crazy or ridiculous. No more surprises, please. I can't take it. 
since the D'Angelo trade, uh, I'm not over it yet. <laughs> like, no. I don't feel any better at all. If anything, I probably feel worse. And uh, I'm sure we'll get into a little bit. And we don't want to read too much into these stupid things, but the fact that originally Rob Palinka, Magic Johnson, and Luke Walton were all supposed to have a press <laughs> conference, and now it's down to just Rob Palinka. That's just very strange. Like, what could possibly, like, did Magic say, like, oh, shoot, something came up, sorry, and Luke was like, oh, yeah, me too, I can't be here either. Like, there's got to be some PR face-saving strange reason as to why that happened, and I, I don't like it. In a weird way, it's like a microcosm of before Tuesday night, we had D'Angelo Russell, Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle, Jordan Clarkson, and we're thinking of adding Paul George to that group. And now we're down to, oh my God, let's just keep Lonzo Ball, you know? It's, yeah. It's kind of like what you said. Um, well, one, for me, I'm feeling still very salty AF. Um, <laughs> I, I couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of which, if you want to see how just how salty AF I am, please follow us on Twitter yep. at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please do. Um, I can't take it right now. Um, and also, please rate and review us on iTunes because you know what? This is the eulogy time. Each rating and review will represent each Lakers fan's tears for D'Angelo Russell. So please rate and review us, right? But yeah, you know, since the, the trade happened, uh, you know, we, we had our emergency podcast and the biggest concern was when is the next shoe going to drop? Because why would you n- make this deal without the other shoe not being secured? And as time has gone on, it's been very clear that they did not have a second domino secured and they just did this almost in hopes that they could broker the next trade. And so far, we're still waiting for Paul George, obviously, by night's end. That may change. And by the time you're listening to this, you're probably either snickering like, (laughs) just you wait, guys. We just got Paul George. Or you're actually crying and going, they're so right. They're so right. I mean, like, (laughs) we want to eat crow, right? Like, to use that phrase, which we've said so many times on this show, I would have, like, an entire year's worth of crow shipped to my house right now raw, and I will devour that up. Um, Right. Yeah. But, I mean, even if the Paul George deal does happen, which is what we expected even after the D'Angelo Russell trade, you know, we've already lowered the bar in terms of our expectations, right? I, I believe the the podcast episode right before our emergency D'Angelo trade episode, I I stupidly named the episode, Have Our Cake and Eat It Zo 2, which, you know, that phrase means we're going to be able to get everything we wanted and more, right? Yep. Unfortunately, it's gone the exact other way somehow and right now i think like alan said we're feeling pensive apprehensive and anxious and that's not how you should feel going into this draft because just two days ago we felt on top of the world like we had everything in our hands and all we had to do was play the puppet strings correctly right yeah man my buzz has been so killed like it is dead and buried six feet under I guess, what would you say to the people that are saying like, man, you guys are kind of overreacting. How come you guys are overreacting and, and feeling this way? Why don't we just wait? And and my point is, of course, we can just wait. But I mean, look, one of our favorite players, our best player last year just got traded away. And the only justification that people gave us at the time was Paul George is immediately coming. And for me, I was always like, 
okay, but why wasn't this deal brokered together in conjunction, right? Because, so yeah. you know for sure that it's going to happen. Now we might not even get Paul George. He might get traded to the Spurs. You know, there's all this stuff right now breaking at the moment of this recording that, you know, Houston's jumping into the Paul George race. San Antonio Spurs are jumping in there. Obviously, we're not sure exactly what assets they have to give, and I don't think they have the assets that are good enough to beat the Lakers offer. But what if it's, what if it happens to be that Pritchard and bird really just want to be petty AF and just trade him to the Spurs, you know, because they know that's a team where Paul George is likely not going to leave to walk to LA. Right. So what if that happens? We traded D'Angelo Russell. We got cap space, which we're not even going to be able to use this summer. It's going to be about next summer. And we also don't get Paul George. So I think that's why we're a little freaked out about it. And yes, it's still, we're in the moment. We're still salty, but I can't help how I feel, right? And instead of being in a place where I feel excited, I feel lit, I'm in a place where I'm in a defensive place where I'm just trying to kind of hold on tightly to whatever else we have left, you know, and hope we just do well. So, yep, yep, that sums it up really well. It's not lit, it's very dark. If I don't know, like the excitement's just not there, you know? Like, if we take Lonzo number two, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna be happy, but. Not as happy as before, you know? No, because right, I, I bet you once we get uh, Lonzo Ball at number two, we're going to be like, oh, man, Lonzo and De'Ant. Oh. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, reality is going to sink in again. It's going to punch us in the face like it has been for the last couple days. I know. So it, it's, re- it's really a strange time. And I guess coupled by the fact that this is the first uh, time in the last two, three years where we're not doing this together, it makes it even worse. And we're just like, I know we can't even commiserate with each other and be miserable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so it, it's, it's really strange. And, you know, I told Tommy right before we, we chopped on here that, you know, there's so much random crap swirling around. A lot of it is probably posturing and smoke screens, but I just, I guess I'll ask you this after I go, but I just don't have a good feeling about this. I have a gut feeling that, um, we're not going to get Paul George. We're not going to do anything with the 27 and 28 picks. And I feel like we jumped the gun unnecessarily and we're going to have nothing to show for it, but Brooke Lopez and the promise of cap space McCafferty. And I don't know why I've been calling him this, but I just like that name cap space McCafferty and his crazy wingspan and crazy potential and crazy upside. And that's not going to do it for us. You know what I mean? It, it sucks that you're going to have to turn a great situation in possibly drafting Lonzo Ball and devalue that just because of the moves that you did prior to it, you know? Yeah, it almost yeah. feels unfair to the kid and the guys right, that we drafted right. 27 and 28, so... Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, dude, over the next, like, 30 minutes or so, I'm gonna do my best to, like, mentally clear everything out that's happened. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Because we would have been lit if Lonzo were drafted and none of this other stuff happened. So I'm going to do my best in that moment to just view it as that plane and by itself. Um, Why not reward ourselves emotionally and feel good for a little bit? You know what I mean? Like We can choose to view this in a good way. And then later when we kind of regroup tonight around nine o'clock, we can look at everything again on the big picture. But just as far as Lonzo concerns, uh, yeah, around 430 or so, um, I'll just try to forget everything that happened this week. And that'll be much more enjoyable than being miserable. Yeah, now what's your confidence level in the Paul George thing? I don't even care. I'm already <laughs> gonna, I'm just going to stop thinking about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, yeah I, don't, I don't know. Whatever. It's over. I'm not thinking about so, it anymore. Okay, I, and I don't want to be, I don't want to 
No, you can do it. Pour, it's fine. I don't want to pour salt in this wound, but I, I, I have no doubt that once we pick Lonzo Ball, once we see him put the hat on, once we see him get interviewed, and then we see some of the pictures come out, we'll definitely be lit, right? We'll be excited. We'll be in the moment. But how in the moment will we be if in the back of our heads we're all, all we're also going to be a little bit scared that they're not going to trade him, right? You know oh, what I mean? Oh, that's definitely and, in the back of my mind right now. <laughs> especially because the move that just followed this. You, you, you'd you, hope that because of the crazy reaction from real hardcore Lakers fans and D'Angelo Russell fans that maybe the front office may have taken a step back and realized, okay, we can't double down on this. They, some of them are, seem really pissed. You know what I mean? You'd hope that because of that, that they'd be more wary and would double down on not trading the number two. But if we're going by their line of thinking, trading D'Angelo for cap space, wouldn't it make sense if the Pacers said, hey, we'll take on Luau Ding and Corey Brewer, which amounts to $23 million in cap space now, and all you have to give us is number two pick, and you also get Paul George. Doesn't that make sense? Based off of It, it goes in line with the move that we just did, right? Ugh. I mean, yeah, the logic checks out on yeah. paper. Absolutely. So, so that's why it scares me, and I'm apprehensive. Uh, they they continue to pump out the fact that Lonzo Ball is off the table, which is great. Woj just said it. But they keep saying, they keep adding the caveat, as of this barring moment. Barring a trade. <laughs> barring a trade, and as yep, of this moment yep. at 3.45 p.m., the number two pick is not in play, and the Lakers will continue throughout the night to try and engage in a Paul George trade. So... Hang on to your Lonzo balls, everybody, like I said before. <laughs> Although for people listening, they're already like, it's already happened, brothers. I'm sorry. Seriously. Just, just, seriously. just you wait. This is just gonna be this is a therapeutic exercise, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, for you know, ourselves and for you. Well, you know, the last time we did this, we were all pretty worried and scared as well, and it ended up turning out well. We ended up getting the number two pick. So I'm hoping by the end of this entire recording, by the time I pump this out, that it's going to be best case scenario after a a worst case scenario to start the day and to start this week. So uh, do you have any other thoughts before we jump on and watch some of this pregame draft stuff? Nope. I'm ready. All right. Let's hold hands, everybody, and (laughs) start to pray. Here we go. We will catch you guys back in a little bit. And by the time we are back, it's going to be time to see what the number one pick is. Marco Fultz, number two pick is probably Lonzo Ball. I I mean, okay. (laughs) I hate to do this, but what if it's not Lonzo Ball? (laughs) Shut up. Shut your mouth. (laughs) Okay, okay. We'll stop it there. We'll stop it there. So yeah, we'll catch you guys on the turn. And by that time, it's, it's draft day. So yeah, Alan, I'll catch you then. Peace. Peace. I don't think there's one thing you can learn from him. Just everything he's teach he's going to teach me is going to be, uh, you know, useful. Obviously, he's the best point guard I ever play. So I'm looking to go in there and just learn from day one. All right, so we are back, and uh, the start of the draft is about to happen. We got this inspirational music going on. Uh, we're seeing the uh, highlights of some of these players with this black and white kind of sepia tone filter. filter. <laughs> kind of sepia actually oh sepia is that how you, is that is that how you pronounce it i yeah, never knew yeah. um but alan now how are you feeling <laughs> after a little break there after a 30 minute breather yeah um actually i feel a little better just because ramona shelburne went on and said the lakers are taking lonzo ball with the number two pick mm-hmm. and she did not say barring a trade right so that has definitely reassured me Oh, definitely. And I also, in that time span, because I knew it wouldn't start till 4.30, it is approximately 4.35, got myself some Robex, straw nanoberry. Shout out to Robex, tonight's sponsor. <laughs> what size did you get? Oh, the large, for sure. 
Uh, there you go. There I you was go. like, I need some sugar, man. It's a marathon tonight. You can't uh, even leave. No, totally. So, <laughs> so uh, I think we're ready for this. We're ready to take Lonzo Ball. Uh, the most interesting part is all the stuff surrounding that pick, right? Because we're hearing stuff that, and we're not going to delve too deep into like any analysis on other teams. We don't really care. But it's it's kind of crazy what's going on right now that apparently Woj is reporting that the Bulls are seriously engaged with the Timberwolves on Jimmy Butler. It's a deal centered around the number seven pick, which Minnesota has, and Zach Levine and Chris Dunn. So that should be interesting. I think the top five is going to be the most interesting. And here is Adam Silver. They didn't boo him too badly. No, they didn't. Yeah, before this draft gets underway, you know, Tommy actually reported to us that the Celtics offered number three Jalen Brown and another lotto pick for Chris Stapps, and Phil Jackson said no. So I think it's pretty clear that Phil was just trolling. Yeah, for sure. All right, so what we know right now is that the Lakers are going to pick Lonzo Ball, which is great. We don't have to worry about uh, De'Aaron Fox or anything like that. Um, And were you able to hear the LeVar Ball interview? I did, yeah. What yeah. was your... Zeus and Jesus. <laughs> hey, you got to give it to him. He's pretty funny. I mean, he's... Why not, dude? He's crazy, but he's funny, right? So It's fine. Yeah, it was hilarious. Well, he actually, he put things in perspective, too. I think they asked, like, is this going to be the greatest day of your life? And he said, no, the greatest day was when I had all my kids. Because mm. there's no one in the NBA if I don't have them. So, no. So he kept it real right there. Yeah, no, it was really cool. I say it every year, but Jay Billis looks like an eagle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He does do, especially with the facial yeah. hair. It looks even more like an I just eagle think now. it's like the bald head and then the sharp nose. So, oh, for sure. Hashtag analysis right here. <clears throat> Lonzo Ball. Just kidding. <laughs> Josh Jackson. Ooh, okay. Oh! Okay. Chalk. 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 All right. Well. <laughs> Look at LeVar, dude, grinning. <laughs> He's so happy, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank God it wasn't that ball boy. Oh, gosh. Philadelphia 76ers, you can use this phrase, the faults in our stars. Boom. Nice, nice. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, guys. Here's our... Here it is. Here's our future. Yeah. You know, Paul George or not, we have the number two pick for the third straight year. We somehow lost one. <laughs> those number two picks but you know what this is about looking forward i'm lonzo ball we talked to his coach we know all about his intangibles his leadership skills but also just his great basketball on court play and his ability to find people this is about the future and about creating a new culture and while we thought d'angelo russell could have perfectly fit into that culture and maybe even changed himself we got to move on because that's all we can do, right? So, yeah, yeah. Alan, do you have your own inspirational speech, William Wallace speech ready for Lonzo Ball? <laughs> Give it to us. I mean, I, I kind of said it earlier, right? Like, at this point, what happened happened, and we just have to be happy with getting Lonzo Ball because four days ago we were absolutely stoked about getting him. So we just kind of have to recapture that at this point and just view the draft by itself. And then, like I said, later on tonight, let's worry about the big picture and uh, the entire organization, and we can complain and bicker about that other thing that happened a few days ago. See, I'm already forgetting. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, right. We can't look at this as like a sunk cost thing and lower the value of what's about to happen because it is about to get lit. He is about to wear a Lakers hat and embrace the future. For sure. Did you see that picture of um, the war room, the Lakers war room? I I did with that uh, 16-ounce bottle of Coca-Cola and those uh, (laughs) sour 
cream and cheddar ruffles chips. Yeah. Yes, I saw that. Oh, yeah, and Magic and Palinka and one of the bus brothers. I didn't see any Rubik's Cubes, but I'm assuming <laughs> they're in there somewhere. So, uh, <laughs> Rob Palinka, Rubik's Cube the future, architect the future correctly from here on out, brother. We are believing in you. We're trusting on you. Just here we go. Let's do this. And as we speak right now, Mark Stein is reporting the Wolves are close to acquiring Jimmy Butler from Chicago. Oh, what the... So, yeah. Ooh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler's going to be so mad he can't get that max money. Now, my question is, what are, what are the Celtics going to do? How come they're not, you know, jumping in here? And also... Because Danny Ainge is stingy. He is, and then is that going to make him turn his sights to Paul George? He ain't staying. I I hope not. I don't know. No, we have to will it. Yeah, we yeah. got to pull Lavar, speak that mm-hmm. into existence. I mean, at this point though, I'm I'm so over it that you know somebody else can trade for Paul George. I'm, for I'm sure. like I'm I'm, I'm yeah. at that point too. And and if anything, it'll, it'll definitely be like uh, sigh, like that happened, yeah. you know. But we're not out of it for sure. And also, not to say that I want it's better than us giving up Lonzo for PG. Oh, totally. And it's not to say that I, I necessarily want to give the front office a slap in the hand for their first move, but I kind of do. If you know what I'm saying, like give them kind of a reality check with their first move, so that they know, like, hey, next time you want to be a little jumpy and jump the gun like that, maybe think yeah. twice, you know. And maybe if they right, realize, right. oh crap, we lost our chance on Paul George and. Yeah, nothing yeah, is a short It's a learning process. Right. <laughs> so I'll view it that way. Even if he's traded to another team, and it's, if it's the Celtics, I'm also going to assume he's not going to walk to us. If he does, then that's a nice surprise, but I'm definitely not going to count on it, you know? So. For sure. Okay, here's the deal. Woj, Chicago is finalizing a deal to send Jimmy Butler for Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, and number seven. Wow. Oh, dang. Hey, that's not a bad haul for, for Jimmy B. And uh, wow. Minnesota is now going to be... Pretty good. Jimmy Butler uh, reunites with Tommy Thibs. I'm guessing at this point they're going to keep Rubio. So it'll be Rubio, Jimmy Butler, Andrew Wiggins, Gorgie Dang, and Carl Towns. It's not bad. I don't know if they solved their shooting issues, but that's not bad. All right. Here it comes. Dang, they really let it run down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) 20 seconds. Come on. Scratching his head right now, his left temple. <laughs> his head looks all the way to zeros. His head looks like a cauliflower. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember Veggie Tales? He looks like Larry, Larry I, I kind of. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Here we go. We're losing it. <laughs> all right, Silver, get up there. I'm still nervous, dude. <laughs> he better not be like we have a trade. Cause that took a while. Yep. Suspense. Why is he smiling like that? Go. Hey! It's lit. All right, it's let's check lit. this out. It's lit. It's lit. Got the handshakes. All right, no De'Aaron Fox. My legs are kind of tingly right now. Yeah, yeah. No, hey, no, no De'Aaron Fox. We did it. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy too. I mean, it's over. This, this is the future. This is it. There it is. It's Ingram and this kid and. Uh, yeah. Let it fly. It happened, dude. Mm-hmm. Air high five through the mic. Pop, pop. Yeah, high five. Pop. There yeah. it is. Now the next steps are building a team around Lonzo Ball that perfectly fits his skill sets. And, um, you know, we'll get to it once we get to the 27th and 28th pick. But I'm assuming that we're going to look for some shooters and addi- probably an additional ball handler to help him out because... 
well, now we have a dearth at the guard spot, <laughs> right? Right, es- exactly. Especially if we end up trading uh, Jordan Clarkson to Indiana or something like that. Yeah, so yeah. I'm looking at Juwan Evans or maybe uh, Derek White with one of the picks if we keep both of them, but I fully expect that to happen at this point. And, yeah, congrats, Rob Palinka and Magic, for, for getting this done. Um, I, I'm, I'm very curious as to see what's happening in their war room right now, whether they're whether they're thinking about the 27th and 28th pick or just closely engaged with Kevin Pritchard, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they might just be uh, focused on trying to deal those two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, cool, man. We did it. We did it. It's Lonzo lit, everybody. Oh, I feel so much Let's better. Let's get it going. Here's the Celtics. Tatum. Oh, they did it. They did it, all right. No Josh Jackson, because he did not want to work out for them. So they went with the smooth, sleek, fluid Jason Tatum. I like Jason Tatum. Yeah. Not saying I like him more than, you know, Josh Jackson or whatever, but I like Jason Tatum. Yep. Very skilled. He was great in She's the Man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now the question is. That if... sucks. Now I have to hate him, because he's on Boston. Yeah, true. There was that picture of him holding up a sock that was a Lakers Kobe sock. It's pretty funny. Oh, shoot. I didn't see that. So, guess what? Breaking what? news. Um, what? Wo- what? Woj is now saying that the Celtics are closing in on Paul George. Shut so, the up. this Tatum pick. Yeah, is it going to them? Might be going to them. No effing yep. way. Indiana and Boston are engaged in serious talks on a Paul George trade, and now I feel terrible once Those again, my sons friend. sons of bees. Now oh I feel... Oh, my God. No. Now everything is, is burning. Everything is falling apart. And Of all the places. They're going to take the risk, really, and trade Tatum? I guess so, What's right? The, what, are, what are all the details? There's no details right now. It's just engaged in serious talks, and I'm going to lose my mind, dude. Thank you very much Blinka, Inka, Tinka, Bukovna, Nana because uh, we we have nothing to show for not getting Paul George in fact we have what less. was the po- oh my what was the point I don't know man but we have Brooke Lopez and we saved a lot of money next year oh my <laughs> when God. we won't even have Paul George so who's gonna be the recruiter Oh, man, that is th- terrible. Terrible, Kenny. Can you do it? Char- I mean, Alan? That's, that's terrible, Kenny. <laughs> uh. Oh, I can't think. I mean, this is everything we already talked about, right? It is. I mean, this is possibly the worst-case scenario. Um, I was hoping that – I mean, I literally just said it a moment ago, right? What if the Celtics <laughs> – Yeah, you did. Trade for uh, – for Paul George, because now Jimmy Butler is in, in mini. I guess in a way this Minnesota deal did not help us at all because it didn't uh, divert Indiana. I mean the Celtics' attention away from Paul George. If anything, it let them hone in more on George and say, hey, we're willing to take the risk, you know? Exactly. Well, are is, are the Lakers going to counteroffer here? <laughs> what are they, are they better I mean, not. the only thing that could be worse, exactly, is if they offer up like Ingram. Oh, no. If they just go, like, I would rather this thing happen than us completely lose it, you know? Yeah. 
So I guess that's how it could be. Oh, man. Seriously, now we're back to holding on to our big baller balls. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I mean, does does Jason Tatum know right now as he's speaking that he probably is not going to be a Celtic? Usually they do. Alan, I think I know the title to this episode. What's that? It's going to be called Zo Close Yet Zo Far. Oh, my oh. gosh. <laughs> Uh, that's worse than just being Zozo Far. <laughs> I actually originally wanted it to be Zo Far, Zo Good, but, you know, we kind of screwed the pooch here uh, by trading D'Angelo Russell, and who knows what happens now, so. Yeah. Anyways, I'm looking on Twitter. They have a picture on ESPN Los Angeles of the Ball 2 jersey, Lakers jersey. Looks mighty fleek, or on fleek, as the kids would say. <laughs> that's good. I can tell your mind is elsewhere right now. Yeah, I'm like, that's nice. Cool. (laughs) Cool story, bro. So my question now is, if you know you're not going to get Paul George, do you just totally shift your entire strategy to now we're back to young core, flash the progress? And at that point, shouldn't you try and package like Jordan Clarkson 28-27 to move up in the draft or something like that? Or even Jordan Clarkson Randall, you know? Because I mean, I mean, so you're saying work under, work under the assumption that we're never going to get Paul George, that he's going to stay in oh. Boston. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't see how he's going to leave. At this point, they like have all the assets in the world. Right. They got Isaiah Thomas. They got Brad Stevens. They got money to sign Gordon Hayward this summer. Uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> now I'm just scared, dude. I'm waiting on pins and needles to hear if this stupid Paul George thing happens. I can't believe the Celtics are going to have Isaiah Thomas, who is a huge Laker fan, and Paul George, who's a huge Laker fan. Yep. All right, back to the draft. Well, the Suns are going to get their guy. Yeah, that's exactly. That's cool. You know what's not cool? Paul, Paul George, George to the Celtics. On the Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> that's not cool. Yeah, Tommy's pretty much making a good point that uh... – once we make those 27 and 28 picks selections for ourselves, there's no turning back, pretty much. Right. You pretty much have to hope that whoever you pick Indiana is amenable to or they even like those prospects. And right now, it's it's worse than I thought because it's not like we're not we're not only not going to get Paul George, but he's going to go to the, our rival team, the Celtics. Crazy. What percentage chance would you say there is of him actually leaving after a year? Right now it's like less than five percent. Um, right now I have it at fifty-fifty, which is okay. a pretty good percentage. Right? Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, by year's end, let's yeah. say they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals again. I'm gonna say, and look, this is not even including summer, right? When they can sign free agents and stuff and move pe- assets around. By season's end, uh, uh, if there are no injuries and everything goes as planned, and they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, I would say less than five percent. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's more what I was talking about. Like, after everything plays itself out. Yep. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's all skewed because we're emotional, but nah. <laughs> like, 4% chance that he actually would leave that situation. Yep. We misplayed our hand, dude. We, What did we do? We had the, we had the cards, and we decided to get cute with it. This is getting cute with it. We made a, a preemptive move for a move that we didn't have in the bag, you know? Yep. Um, and, and now, we all gave the front office so much benefit of the doubt and credit. Like, oh, they they know what they're doing. It's fine. Yeah. But no. 
well, I guess we gotta find some use for our cap space next year because we're oh gonna have God. a lot of it. Back to this. Yeah, it's it's back to this. Except we we don't have D'Angelo Russell to yeah to, to show to people. We could have used him as an asset for something else. We could actually really use, you know. Right. Right. I mean, what's the point if we were going to do Flash the Progress anyways? You know, now we just ha- we don't have an extra young guy. <sighs> we're going to have to hope Lonzo Ball is Magic Johnson his, his rookie year and makes it to the finals and, you know, scores 40 points and all that. Well, LeVar <laughs> said it's going to happen, so it's cool. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Yeah, man. This is, this is, uh, this is disappointing. I'm, I'm hoping that this is... No, this isn't a smokescreen. Woj reported it. They, they are engaged. Exactly. They it's not fake engaged. Woj, right? Nope. <laughs> it's not fake. Uh, yeah, it's it's not fake Woj, yeah. Dang. Can you imagine if... Oh, okay, okay. Well, okay, new Woj report. Boston-Indiana talks to Paul George for Paul George had gained significant momentum, but sides are still apart on a possible deal. Good. You know what sucks though? I don't even think Boston's trading Jason Tatum. I would not be surprised at this point if all they're giving up because they have leverage is Jalen Brown. You know what I mean? Oh my god! It's probably Indiana freaking does that. It's probably Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, and you know, a late for another first round pick. You know? Yeah. It's probably not even Jason Tatum. This is this is bad. That's even worse. This is bad. I, if I had to guess, because they have to make some salary cap moves uh, regarding J- uh, Marcus Smart and Avery Bradley anyways, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Jalen Brown, Avery Bradley, and Marcus Smart. But we always thought that they would never take that risk, right? But at this point, they're getting boned by other teams like Minnesota. It almost puts, the, pre- true. It makes the, puts the pressure on them to do something. Yeah, like so. everybody's saying, well, Danny Ainge, when are you going to actually give up all this stuff that you traded for, you know, with the intent of doing something great? Yep. And uh, I guess this is the answer to that. Possibly. <sighs> Possibly, yes. Who knows? Maybe it'll stall out. And people listening to this are already like, oh, these poor guys. <laughs> they have yeah, no they, have idea. To, they have to they sit have no... through this now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Keith Smith, NBA, is reporting all reports are Celtics will not trade Jason Tatum in any trade package, trying to conserve space as much as possible. They're going to get Paul George for Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Avery Bradley. We're not even paying attention to the draft right now. Uh, the Kings are going to pick De'Aaron Fox. There you go. Cool. <laughs> okay, cool. I don't care anymore. Yep. Getting news now that Aaron Gordon is on the trade block for Orlando. Can we get him or what? <laughs> I wish. Hmm. I wonder who the Bulls are going to pick at seven now. Now that they have that pick. Right. Me too. And to think all these people were jumping in my mention saying, Steel's not that bad. We just got to wait for the next shoe to fall. You know, they clearly knew something was going to happen. They clearly did not know. And if anything, they may have pressed Indiana's buttons even more, you know? And we we totally lessened our options by taking D'Angelo Russell out of the picture because he was an additional asset, right? Yep, exactly. Now we can't even use him if we want to. Um, so, hate to say I told you so. I wonder but, what uh, the national media is going to say now. How can they spin this for, oh, this is great that Paul George is going to Boston for the Lakers. I don't know, dude. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good question. I to their, can't wait to their rival team. This is why, when you have the chance, you try and do and facilitate a three-team trade. You don't try and do things piecemeal. Let me do the first move first and then do the second deal. It doesn't matter if Indiana says like we want the number twenty-seven pick. You make sure that they agree to it. Exactly. Um, so this is ridiculous. I'm just waiting for this deal to drop. Can they just say that it's it's done or like it's not done? Yeah. <laughs> I can't. 
I hope it happens before I have to leave. Yeah, it's gonna be the worst. I can't even focus on the draft right now. So. Me neither. All right, you know what? I think for the the sake of this recording, um, yeah. Alan and I will drop off right now, at yeah. least recording wise. And if something <laughs> happens, we'll pop back on if he, Alan is still available before he leaves for his talk. You know what's kind of cool? One more thing, just to brighten things up. Mm-hmm. Monzo and De'Aaron get to play each other a ton because they're in the same conference. Yeah, true. That'll be so that'll fun. Be, that'll be cool. Their dads can both talk smack to each other. Yeah, uh, renew <laughs> that Kings-Lakers rivalry or whatnot. Exactly, so exactly. Cool. Okay, so that was it. Yep. Everything else sucks. Everything else sucks. Hopefully when we jump back on, if you're on at all, it's lit. All right, I'll catch you guys later. All right, okay, See bye. You. All right, guys, this is uh, Jonathan. Alan has dropped off, but I am back to cover the Lakers' 27th and 28th picks. I have no idea what's going on with the 27th pick, obviously because it's Brooklyn's pick. Uh, I don't know if it's officially ours or if if we're picking for them or or no, sorry, if they're picking for us, but I'm going to assume so. I've shut off my Twitter. I've shut off Yahoo, and I'm living in a dark and cold place without any rails to hold on to. So I'm kind of shaky right now. I wanted to be surprised on the fly to see who we're going to pick here. There have been some surprises that have gone before us, like Caleb Swanigan getting picked at 26. So I'm very much hoping for some combo of Derek White and Ike Anibogu or Jawan Evans, Semi Ojale. Two of those guys are perfect out of that four, but I definitely want one to definitely be Ike Anibogu because that was Lonzo Ball's teammate. It would make the most sense. He has the highest upside. They played at UCLA together just last year, and he would be perfect lob target for for Lonzo, for the Lakers, and especially because Brooke Lopez is going to be a one-year rental, so we're 13 seconds in hoping for Ike Anibogu, but at this point it doesn't matter who goes 27, who goes 28. So here we go, Lakers. Okay, they're pretty much confirming that the trade has is pretty much done. I don't know why it's not official, but they are going to be making this pick for us. Here we go, Silver. Really glad that it the draft ended up shaking out the way it has thus far towards the end here because we've got some good high upside guys of still available. So, hey, if we don't if we're not getting Paul George, then this is a good consolation prize getting good young upside players or more of them actually. Here we go. Ooh, Kuzma. Okay, I, I honestly don't know much about his game, but comes from Utah. 16.4 points per game, 50% shooting. Looks like a long, versatile wing to me. Um, I, I know a lot of guys really like him. Seems like he has a really good stroke. Uh, I just hope the next pick is either Ike Anibogu or, or Derek White or Joan Evans, a guard. So this is not a bad pick. I just wish I knew more about him, actually. Wow, so this is just breaking. Obviously, after... S- getting Kuzma, now we're receiving word that the Lakers are trading this 28 pick for the number 30 and 42 picks, so it doesn't look like we're getting Ike on Ibogu. I am a little confused by this. It's clear that Paul George is not in the equation, so I'm wondering if we're just going full young core, just stacking these guys. So I guess we're making this pick for Utah. I'm a little confused right now. Unless... Indiana, for some reason, really wants Kuzma. He is a wing. He could replace Paul George. Maybe we're sending 27, 30, and 42 to them? I have no idea. But Tony Bradley, who is, I guess, you know, we've heard rumors that the Lakers gave him a promise, is getting picked with a number 28 pick, but that is going to Utah. So this is very, very interesting. I'm a little confused. 
All right, I'm back, and it looks like the Lakers have just selected Josh Hart with a 30th pick, and that is not a bad pick at all. I was just hoping that maybe they'd pick Icon Ibogu because he has upside. He's built like Serge Ibaka, but maybe he'll still fall to 42. I'm not sure. Quick thoughts on the move. I think it's pretty smart, especially if you know you're not going to get Paul George, and maybe you're just increasing the chances that you can move around some pieces anyways because... Who knows, maybe Indiana wants 30 and 28, or 27, sorry, and you can still get whoever you draft at 42, which will be interesting to see who they who drops to them at 42, but right now, I Josh Hart is a very, very solid pick, very underrated because of his age. I like to think of him as a poor man's George Hill, you know, he's just very decent, solid, can run the pick and roll, great ball handler, he's, he's seasoned, he's like a veteran, at least in college standards, and I think... With D'Angelo gone, Lonzo Ball will definitely need some backcourt ball handling help, and Josh Hart can shoot pretty well as well, especially in the mid-range. So I love the pick. I approve it, and it'll be interesting to see who we get at 42. So stay tuned. Okay, and with the 42nd pick, the Lakers have selected Thomas Bryant. I know they brought him in for workouts. I don't know much about him. I know he's only 19 years old out of Indiana. And hey, 7-6 wingspan is all I need to hear. Uh, with that said, I'm going to turn it over to some post-game reactions. Sorry, post-game. Post-draft reactions and recaps by me, Tommy, and Alan. And we'll wrap it up that way. So yeah, thanks for joining the quote-unquote live portion, live reaction of our draft. Thanks. Hey, Lonzo. We like to make dreams come true around here. So I'll pass the phone to Irvin. Lonzo Ball. Welcome to the Lakers, baby. Oh, man. All right. Congratulations, man. Thanks, I appreciate it. We're looking forward to you coming and uh, leading this franchise, okay? Oh, man. Tell your mom and dad congratulations. Okay, so we are all back. I'm here with Tommy and Alan. It is post-draft time. The Lakers have made their four picks. Four, right? Four. We got- Four picks somehow. Um, no Paul George, but also the good news is no no Paul George to the Celtics so far. So I guess we can take those positives away. No De'Aaron Fox either. We got Lonzo Ball at number two. Yes. Uh, yes. Lonzo Ball. We did it, guys. Spoke it into existence. Yeah, yeah. That makes me happy. Indeed. It's lit. Lonzo lit. L.A. Let's go. And then at 20, let's just go down really quickly our emotions. Lonzo Ball, lit. lit. Okay. <laughs> 27, Kyle Kuzma. What? Lit. Yeah, I was just going to say <laughs> that too. Huh? <laughs> Semi Ojale, still there? What? <laughs> I know. Icon Ibogu, still there. Juwan Evans, Derek White. What? Okay, anyways, okay, moving on. 28, wait a minute. 28 is not ours. We have a trade to announce. We have a trade to (laughs) announce. And you know what's funny about that 28 pick is, remember like two weeks ago when we were doing this podcast, we were talking about how the Lakers may have promised Thomas Bryant a pick if he fell to them. Oh, no, it was... uh, Not not Thomas Bryant, Tony Bradley. Yeah, Bradley, they ended up trading. (laughs) And somehow they got to 20, he got to 28. Yeah, that's so I have no idea if that has, I have no idea if that has anything to do with it, but he did get to the Lakers, except the Lakers ended up trading that away to Utah, which presumably Utah wants him. But anyways, Lakers trade the 28th pick for the number 30 and number 42 picks from Utah. And number 30, we get Josh Hart. Yay! Yes! (laughs) Clear eyes, full Josh Hart. Can't lose. We did it. True. Um, And then at 42, we get, what's his name? 
Not Tony Bradley. It's Thomas, Thomas Bradley. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. He's, he's, dude, he, he looks, looks like, like the guy, guy from uh, uh, The Green Mile. Mile. Oh, my God. That's old. Michael Clark Duncan? No, dude. He looks like him. Uh, you know what else he Fine, looks like? Fine, you can edit that out. <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, he looks like a very long, lanky basketball center backup dude. Because I heard 7'6 wingspan, and I was like, all right, I'm on I'll board. I'll take it. That's impressive. <laughs> I'll take it. All right, so with all that said, the Lakers have come out of the 2017 NBA draft somehow with four players, I guess, to overcompensate for the fact that D'Angelo Russell's gone. R.I.P. The trade also became officialized tonight. Brooke Lopez coming to us. D'Angelo Russell and Mozgov going out. And you know what's weird so, about that is when they announced yeah. that trade, the draft was in Brooklyn. Yes, I was thinking the exact same thing. I already know. One person say. cheered. I was like, wait. It was like a lot of muttering, actually. <laughs> he just got D'Angelo Russell for nothing. And it was either that or reaction. Like, yeah, I, I heard like. It was almost like a negative response. And I was thinking, oh, maybe it's just because there are so many Laker fans there, you know? Like, that wouldn't surprise oh, me if there's a decent split between the two. But yeah, either way, I thought there would have been a lot more cheering than there was. And also, you know, what I heard is I guess that the trade's okay this... now. Well, also, this year in particular, <laughs> it seemed like everybody already knew what was going on. Like, oh, people sure. were shouting out the picks before Adam Silver that and Tatum could so say them. Funny. That, was... that was really funny when Tatum started cracking up. <laughs> Ah, this millennial Freaking age. Any- <laughs> I know. Um, so yeah, anyways, let's get into, I guess, what we thought overall. Tommy, I know you know, you probably already figured that we get Lonzo Ball, but yeah. what, what are your thoughts on the developments of, well, one, us keeping Lonzo Ball, him not getting traded, and then I guess what happened in the later rounds, and when did you realize that Paul George wasn't happening? I realized that Paul George wasn't happening like maybe around like the 22nd pick or something. I think the example I used, first of all, you would have heard a little hype coming out of Woj before then, because that's what always happens. Uh, but we, I thought the good uh, a good benchmark was that Jimmy Butler trade that ended up happening. We haven't mentioned it yet, but I'm sure everybody is aware of it at this point. But when Jimmy Butler was traded, the number seven pick was a part of that trade. And the trade was like official, like not official, but like it was announced and everything. It was out like several picks before the number seven pick was made because it's like the presumption being like that, you know, it's 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 out there. The trade is done and everybody's agreed to it. Uh, Obviously, it hasn't been filed officially, but it's like it's effectively done because now Chicago choosing at number seven is going to want to have like a couple of picks to get their bearings and make their selection. Um, so I was like, same similar thing. If we're trading number 27, number 28, you know, one or the other or both, Indiana is going to need a few picks to like get their bearings and figure out what are we going to do with these? Um, when it got to that range, I was like, all right, it's not happening. Everything was like dead silent today. I was like, okay, it's not happening. Uh, so yeah. Alan, what about you? How did you feel overall about the draft, I guess? Well, yeah, I had a really weird experience because around 5.30 or so, I had to leave until about 7.30-ish to teach this leadership class to a bunch of high school kids, which was actually really well-timed because I was in such an awful mood when I left, just thinking Paul George is going to be going to the Celtics. When I come back home by (laughs) 8 o'clock or whatever it is, he's going to be gone. I'm going to be extremely pissed off. So... Fortunately, being gone for those two hours really it took my mind off of things 100% because there's no way I could be thinking about it. 
Uh, and then when I came home, I'm like fast forwarding through this draft and like listening to like only certain parts here and there. And I'm just waiting for that impending doom. And yeah, when it got to like mid twenties, just because that was getting closer and closer to hours, I'm like, it's really odd that nothing has come out yet, you know? So, um, that was a pleasant surprise that it didn't happen. Um, Josh Hart, obviously I got, I like started pumping my fist, even though I was watching this like an hour later, (laughs) you know, after the fact, um, was really surprised at first that E.K. Annie Bogu, everyone here knows I'm a UCLA fan, dropped as low as he did. But as I'm sure most people heard, he apparently has some really bad, like, knee problem or something. That sucks, mm-hmm. man. I had no idea. Um, but as far as Thomas Bryant, um, yeah, I mean, same thing. I'm like, okay, he's, like, humongous. And, I mean, he's the second-round pick. So if he doesn't make the team, he doesn't make the team. But I was disappointed that we didn't get – um Shemi Ojale, because he was still on the mm-hmm. board instead of, you know, we got Kuzma in the first round, 27. And then I was also upset that we didn't get Evans out of OK State. That was uh, yeah. disappointing that he dropped as far as he did. But overall, um, I mean, again, emotionally, I'm like in this weird place because I was disconnected for two hours. And it's like, I feel better now for sure. I don't know if it was because I was able to take a step back um, for that period of time. But for what we did and the trades that we made moving down and getting those second round picks, um, getting rid of that 28, all things considered, I feel better. Yeah, I think for me in a vacuum, this was a very, very good and solid draft. And you know, great, Tommy yeah. even tweeted out that Kevin Pelton is very impressed by the moves we made. Everybody loves the Josh Hart pick because he, pick. they think this he's going to be... Dude. He's going to be a great like backcourt mate to Lonzo Ball, whether he plays next to him or comes off the bench. He's like he's... as old as all of our, you know, like Julius and Larry Nance and all that. He, yeah. he went to school he's for 22. four years. Yeah, yeah, but he seems like he's a really hard worker, a good, a great hustler. Just gives it his all, but also he's just a solid ball handler, playmaker. Can shoot in the mid range, hit threes at a 40% clip this year. Made two threes a game. He's just solid all the way around, and you know people are saying stuff like, you know, you we wouldn't be surprised that you, you we'll look back on this draft yeah. and ask how Josh Hart fell so far. And number you know, 30, that's like a 30. Spurs pick. <laughs> right, yeah. totally. Yeah, that's great. And so, yeah, he could be our Malcolm Brogdon. You know, I, I put it out there on Twitter, you know, Josh Hart could be our Derek Fisher and, and then some, you know, for the future. And Derek Fisher had a great career. If you can be that solid as a number 30 pick, that would be amazing. So I think he'll bring hustle. I think he'll bring figuratively and literally Hart. And, um, yeah, you know, with D'Angelo gone, we definitely needed some extra ball handlers. And I'm not talking about Jordan Clarkson. So I think for me, in a vacuum, the, the draft was great. But if I take a step back and then think about our team as a whole, I'm a little confused because it's not like we yeah. had a pick in 2018. And for me, this just seems like I I could have been on board with full Flash the Progress, just the process again, you know? But... D'Angelo Russell's gone, and for some reason, Brooke Lopez is here. You know, like, look, I understand that our our moves are not done. We may still make some moves. We may even still trade for Paul George, but I think the likelihood of that has significantly lessened. But right now, this team seems very weird and awkwardly constructed. If D'Angelo Russell was still here, I'd be so hyped right now, you know? Yeah. But... I was just going to add, I think the moves they made... There were the draft picks they made actually make a ton of sense. Uh, and I, but they make sense through the lens of they have their they had their offer they were going to make for Paul George, and 
it was never a negotiation. I, my take of what, what based on what transpired today was it was never a negotiation. Here's the offer, no. take it or leave it. And Indiana was like, that's not the best offer we have. And the Lakers were like, okay, bye. And then they went on into that. I don't think now I'm starting to think that at first we were like, oh, this is stupid because they traded D'Angelo and like they didn't even have this indie thing lined up. I don't think that was ever the, the two things were ever connected. I think they once they fully committed on on ball, they were just like, we have to get rid of the deal. They, uh, they obviously, in my opinion, they, they got a trash deal for that. But I thought that the picks they made today made a lot of sense because Clarkson, I think, is a clear guy who doesn't fit this like culture they keep talking about. Um, he's a ball stopper. Uh, he's like seems distracted by like other things and like the L.A. lifestyle and. And uh, Josh Hart is like, slide him right in as a Clarkson replacement. Kuzma, that pick doesn't make any sense if you view it through the lens of, we already have two guys under 24 years old who are power forwards and can only play power forward, really. And now we just drafted another guy who also does that. Makes sense if you view it through the lens of this is a hustle, defensive-minded guy who we're going to use to replace a guy that's kind of a ball stopper, or theoretically replace a guy who's kind of a ball stopper in Julius Randle. Um, and the Thomas Bryan thing, we have a guy who's a 6'9 center that we don't really need or use who's on a non-guaranteed contract. I think we're going to waive him and, and, and go with uh, Thomas Bryan. So I think like all of these moves kind of makes sense if you're trying to think of like Palenka and Magic's vision of the roster. We have too we had too many guys who were ball stoppers. We had too many guys who wanted to do the same thing. And now we drafted like three of the four picks we we drafted are like defensive minded players. Uh Lonzo could be a, a good defensive player. And they all seem like hardworking like team guys. None of them are like ball stopping like I'm going to, I'm a really, you know what, there's so many prospects, I know I'm going on a long rant, sorry. There's so many prospects out there who look great, and that guy, that guard that you guys both mentioned from OK State, whose name I'm blanking on, the Clippers bought the pick. Juwan Evans. Evans. Amazing, I think he's going to be a really solid player, and he's going to be a steal second round pick. But there's so many guys who come in year in, year out, like 90% of the guys drafted are like these guys who need the ball to, to uh, have an impact and um, and uh, they want to get their shots up and and they want to you know they 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 want to do they want to do things themselves and to draft like three of the four guys we drafted actually really all four of the guys we drafted are not those types of players I think is really telling. Yeah, I agree. I think they obviously the emphasis on on culture and attitude and character was very evident tonight, especially with the Josh Hart pick and Kyle Kuzma being an upperclassman as well. Thomas Bryant may have been more of the upside flyer because he's only 19 years old. But right. overall, these are all guys also that we know for sure they 100% worked out. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, sometimes where a team sometimes just picks a high upside player without even having worked them out. Mm-hmm. These guys, we know for sure they went in. And it seems like the Lakers, you know, they could have maybe taken a flyer on different dudes who had higher upside or were more raw. But I think they just went with the guys that they know for sure they did their homework on and stuck with that, you know. So I guess you got to respect that and give them that. I think right now, you know, it does make sense if we end up consolidating talent, like you said. If we don't, then all the power forwards and centers and stuff kind of don't make sense to me, you know. I, maybe this signals that Tarek Black is not coming back for that non-guaranteed 6 I think million. 100% it signals that. 
in my opinion. But at the same time, what are we going to use that money for anyways? You know what I mean? Like we might as well just bring him back for one more year or something. Or we, like that. or yeah, so, or we just trade it for another player, you know, like a, sure. a backup point guard or something. And I, I guess, you know, I think Josh Hart helps the ball handling and shooting perspective of things. And actually Kyle Kuzma and you'd be surprised Thomas Bryant are not bad shooters and they actually shot some three point shots. Did you guys know yeah, that? So, that's probably, shocking to me actually. actually. Yeah, so Thomas Bryant um, averaged only like 12.6 points. Uh, He had only 6.6 rebounds, which isn't great. 1.5 blocks, but he did hit 0.73s in college, 38% from three. So it's not like he was shooting them at a high clip, but way more than Julius Randle did in college, you know? So he definitely has a stroke. You know, shooting 38% is great. And then Cal Kuzma... He is a power forward. He's almost like a Larry Nance type player. He, and he seems like that. He he did shoot. He did make one three per game at 32%. So I think that's along the lines of Larry Nance. But his shot looks a lot better mechanically than Nance's, you know. And he shot 56% from the field, 16 points, 9 rebounds, 2.4 assists. I think that's one thing that stood out to me, actually, uh, j- watching his highlights really quickly. I was like, oh, this guy knows how to pass the ball and move the ball around. He, he seems like a guy who knows how to play make and not necessarily off the dribble, but he seems like a playmaking sort of dude, kind of like Larry Nance. So... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they consolidate stuff. It is interesting the the order with which they took these guys because I think Kyle Kuzma was probably the least known and most huh pick. But the fact so the fact that they got him at twenty seven, yep. the lowest pick, is interesting. Um, but you know, I'll trust them and I'll do do more homework to see what what they see in this guy. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have seen more Kyle Kuzma tape. Alan? No, I mean, I caught up with the draft like when it actually just ended, and so I didn't really have a chance to watch any video. But I definitely Tommy, you've seen. I, some I stuff, did. Right? He's athletic. He's yeah. So mobile. I, I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if if you did it well, like after we drafted him. Is that what you said? I you said mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's pretty much what I did too. So he's extreme. Yeah. Like I think the Larry Nance thing, and it's so funny that we drafted Larry Nance twenty seven. Like, Same number. Yeah. <laughs> but. uh for a for like a half second, I was like, "Oh God, I wonder if they mean if that that means this makes Larry Nance expendable." But when I started watching Kuzma's highlights, like you said, the passing weirdly is the one thing. Like I know he's athletic, I know he plays defense, I know he got a crap ton of rebounds, um, and he has these weirdly nimble like off the dribble moves that he can make, like get to the rim and like scoop layup shots that he does. It's that are kind of interesting, but. Beyond that, the passing stood out to me. And then I thought like about Julius Randle again and the frustrations we have with him. And I thought about like all these like intricate sets that Luke is trying to run and like all these clips that we have like Laker film room uh, breaking down all the time with these uh, sets we're trying to run. And then I thought about how many times we run these sets and the ball comes out to Julius Randle and he just like holds it and pivots and does his like Kobe Bryant stare down pose like, you know, he's getting ready to, like, hold the ball and just charge right in, you know, right in there and, like, make a play by himself off the dribble. And and I just – that's not the vibe that I got from uh, from watching Kuzma. And, and that's what I was trying to get back – getting back to my earlier point with these guys all fit this, like, new culture thing that, th- that these guys are trying to build. And I have to assume Julius Randle's gone. There's no way we would have, like, three – center or three power forwards guaranteed contracts all under like 24 years old 
and also Luel Dang and also Brandon Ingram who can both play minutes at the four. It just that makes no sense. I right. I think Julius Randle's a hundred percent gone uh, based on this draft. Yeah, and wasn't Kuzma like a defensive player all some conference defense team or something? Yeah, like Pac-12. exactly. Pac twelve, okay. exactly. So he was he was uh, known as a defensive player. Josh Hart, uh, although Cranjus McBasketball, if anybody follows him on Twitter, apparently Josh Hart's metrics defensively don't test or don't come out very well. But he was like the of Big East defensive player of the year or something like is is I think what they said after we drafted him. So well, he he's also and we're gonna kind of be jumping around here, but Josh Hart is also a big guard, six four or so, six five. Um, he Six five, and he averaged six point four rebounds and three assists in college, which is pretty amazing, you know. Yeah. Um, and his, I mean, his percentages are ridiculous. From three point land, forty percent. From two point field goals, fifty eight percent. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm telling you, like his mid range game is amazing. So the fact that he can navigate pick and rolls, I mean, I think that's the the number one area that he'll help, you know, Lonzo Ball with. Right. He won't be as erratic as D'Angelo Russell. Um, let's. He's probably gonna be like a way better version than Tyler Ennis, right? A taller version, more solid version, a guy who doesn't make flashy plays or anything like that, but he also is very smart, hustles for the ball, but won't turn the ball over and make stupid plays. Yeah. So I but think that's like why I'm excited guard. with Josh Hart. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah but he can play make too. So yeah, exactly, exactly. But it's like a team for a shooting guard who can handle the ball and get the ball out of his hands. And you, you're not... Like, what's Jordan Clarkson's biggest yeah. asset? Jordan Clarkson's biggest asset is... If you throw him the ball with 10 seconds and the play is completely broken <laughs> down, he can like go one on one and try to get a shot or get to the rim. But like right. we had too yeah, many guys. Yeah, how does he guys... fit in with our team? Exactly. We had too many guys who were ball stoppers. And Josh Hart's not going to be a ball stopper. He's going to be like, let me move the ball and make a smart play and make a uh, get my maybe eventually I'll get it back and get a high percentage shot. Exactly. Um so yeah, I, I like those two picks. And then Thomas Bryant, obviously, like we said, seems more like a, a bit of an upside play. Yep. But the fact that he has a 7'6 wingspan huge. is only is only 19 and can shoot, has a semblance of a three-point shot or even just a mid-range jump shot, if you translate that out to the NBA, is promising. Um, he doesn't look as mobile as like an Ike Anibogu, but then not many do, but you know, it's just it's just an additional backup big. You know, we're, I still think we're looking at Zubats as the future, but it doesn't hurt to have multiple guys who can do different things. I don't necessarily think he brings the same um, sort of skill set that Zubats does. He may end up being a more uh, just rim protecting, like you know, Theo Ratliff type dude eventually. Yeah, but Azili. Um, yeah, something like that, and especially because Brook Lopez is not part of the future. He's going to be a one year rental. And once he's gone, we're just going to need extra big yeah, bodies. Yeah, I was know? just going to say, every team needs one of those big bodies off the bench that you could bring in for stretches here and there. And he might only play like six or seven minutes a game. But if he can get you some key defensive stops, then you're going to be really happy about that. Yeah. And correct, oh, go ahead, Jonathan. Oh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think seven sixes has to be the highest, longest wingspan on our team, right? Oh, easily. Like, it's been a while since we've had a big that actually also has crazy measurables and that can block shots and stuff. So we've needed a, like, I, I'm not saying he's Rudy Gobert, but we've needed a guy with that type of wingspan for a while now. So exactly. We'll and I was just going to say, like, a lot of teams, I think it's very, very, very normal for a team to carry three centers. Yep. Um, 
And instead of like, again, like, I I don't want to praise this front office too much because we don't know how much of this was like the old guys who stayed from like the scouting department or whatever, but we're gone from the era of Robert Sacre as just being like, Oh, well he's like a solid third center, but like, he doesn't have any, there's nothing to, you know, he's not super, super tall. He's not super, super long. We had a, you know, our third center for most of last year, or at least the second part of last year was Tarek black. Who's like a, a six, nine guy. And his wingspan is kind of long, um, but not seven, six. And, now it's just like, okay, this guy might not play the entire season because we have Brooke Lopez, we have Zubots, who's going to be our main backup center. And if we want to go small, we have like Larry Nance uh, is probably going to be the, the last guy standing. And even um, Kuzma has a seven-foot wingspan, so he could probably play a little bit small ball center too. And I think this Thomas Bryant guy is just going to sit at the end of the bench, develop, and maybe one day he'll be a guy who can jump up with his hands straight up and, and alter shots at the rim. Right. So, yeah, I mean, what, what do you guys think? What would you guys give the draft night of the Lakers overall in a vacuum? Because I think that's all we can do right now. I would say I'll give it a pretty positive a minus B plus Alan. Um, I would give it an a minus leaning toward an a, so like a 93%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to complain about, you know. Tommy, I give it give it an A, uh, heavily heavily weighted by taking Lonzo Ball. That helps. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and keeping, <laughs> yeah, and not doing anything stupid. Yeah. Oh no! Oh, for sure, not doing anything stupid, not caving, and then also I thought it was pretty creative to take the 28th pick and hinky eyes it a bit and get get a 30 and a 42 because i think at that point they saw the the names that were dropping and they were like hey we can get josh hart and then there are still still some several prospects that we think will still be there at 42 right so at that point uh why not you know trade those and get extra assets and i like so i like that thinking something that we haven't done in a while um (laughs) so yeah and okay but now let's take it into the bigger uh i guess spectrum of the team as a whole you know tommy you said you think that the two deals were detached in terms of d'angelo russell and brooke lopez um i don't know yet man i think that's giving them too much credit because as far as i'm concerned when that deal happened the reports shortly after where everybody was saying oh a domino's coming a domino's coming now i'm sure in their heads they were saying yeah, well, let, let, well, this is our last opportunity, or one of our few and rare opportunities to get rid of Mozgov's deal now. Right. And Brooklyn is one of the teams, one of the few teams that can take his contract on. And there are reports that, you know, they were also thinking about taking on Dwight Howard. So if the Lakers had passed, then Brooklyn would have gone with the Dwight Howard deal, and then we would have lost one team that could take on Mozgov's huge salary. So I understand the urgency in that sense. But at the same time, you know, I still question how toxic and urgent the need was to get rid of D'Angelo Russell now. Yeah. I, I understand the thinking about culture and all this stuff, but even Eric Pincus said, you know, they could have dangled that at the trade deadline, even at the end of the season. And given the fact that we don't have Paul George, even having D'Angelo Russell as an option to to use, you know, if you're so low on D'Angelo Russell, then why don't you afford yourself the option of keeping him on the team as an asset that, 
you know, if Pritchard's like, okay, we'll take D'Angelo Russell at the trade deadline, like you can do that, right? Exactly. Um, so it, it still bewilders me that he's not on this team. And people keep saying maybe there's something we don't know. And I agree with that. Yeah, maybe yeah, no, there's something we don't know. And and maybe we he is like a a cancer in the locker room, et cetera, et cetera. But my point is, it's also the off season. He's not being a cancer to anybody. They're not in the locker room together. If anything, he's just going to the Lakers facility and working out. You know, if he was a cancer and he's all this stuff, then at least wait through free agency to find deals for him. I just didn't understand the urgency. And I do think it was tied to a Paul George thing, except they wait it to the point where it's like, but we're okay in case it doesn't happen. But I think they were always, the preference was always let's make the Paul George thing happen immediately after, but they did not, I feel like they didn't gauge those two correctly. I, I think they were more confident than they should have been. Um, so I, I still, I think overall, maybe the grade I give them probably goes down to like a B minus because I would have loved to see D'Angelo Russell with this team, especially if we were going to have a flash the progress, trust the process team moving forward. And now that we know for certain, I mean, we don't know for certain, but I mean, the likelihood is we're not going to get Paul George via trade. You know, Pritchard might still cave. He seems to think that the market is there for Paul George somehow and that he can pull any trigger he wants. He's just waiting to see if anybody ponies up. But right now, it doesn't seem like we're going to get Paul George. So in that situation, I would have loved to have a full-on D'Angelo Russell unleashed, you know, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and, you know, whatever. Brooke Lopez can help everybody out too. So, um and I guess just my – the only thing I disagree with, I, I just think like those two things are a little bit different in the sense that I think that we can both 100, 100, 100% agree that they rushed – and I'm not going to say they panicked because I don't know what was happening, but they definitely rushed the D'Angelo Russell trade. I just at this point am not 100% convinced that the rush trade was for the purpose of – then thinking we're going to follow this up with the Paul George trade. I think at first, that's what I thought they were doing. So when the Paul George trade didn't happen, I was like, okay, well, this is ridiculous. Like, why would they do this unless they had it exactly lined up? And then I started to think, okay, well, maybe it's possible they just rushed. It was still a rush trade uh, because they wanted to dump that contract eventually and have to dump now, as we've mentioned many times. But... You know, if you can, my I, I, like another way to look at this is if we could, we if we could trade down the number twenty eight pick for a thirty and forty two, we could have also traded down the number twenty. Uh, or sorry, the, we didn't need the number twenty seven pick to end up with three picks in this draft. We ended up with four nope. picks in this draft, which is great, but we still could have come out of this draft with three picks, which would have been phenomenal and D'Angelo Russell. Um, so yes. in that sense, we a hundred percent rushed, uh, and, and it was completely necessary to do what we did in my opinion. Wait, can we also talk about the fact that I think the trades that went down in this draft also make it even worse that we didn't get the proper value for D'Angelo Russell because we were so insistent on attaching Mozgov to him. I think people need to get it in their heads that it's not that D'Angelo Russell had no value or so low value that all he was was a cap dump. It's the fact that I think the Lakers insisted that Mozgov yep. 
was part of that That's deal, which, is, which yeah. essentially lowered yeah. his value overall. I think it's just like, You're we t- got to get rid of Mozgov at some point, and we have a taker, like, right now. What if this opportunity goes away at some point, then we lost it? We just got to get rid of him, and this, if this is what it takes, we aren't married to D'Angelo, even though maybe they like him, but they're like, it's just worth the price of doing business, which obviously the three of us and many other people disagree with, but maybe that's just what they were thinking is the doors open. We got to go through. Yeah. And you see a deal like the Moutier deal for, you know, th- that went through, right? The Phoenix one or no, I can't even remember at this point. I don't think it's so did. many trades. Oh, it didn't. Okay. Well, uh, let's, let's forget about that one. But yeah. I think even just like the, the Zach Levine deal for Butler, right? You have like Chris Dunn, who's not good. Yeah, and Zach Levine, Zach Levine, who I love, but he's coming off an injury. You're not sure whether he's going to bounce uh, back exactly. in the number seven pick and you get freaking yeah, Jimmy Butler for it, you know? And, and for me, it's like, if you wanted to trade up, couldn't you have used D'Angelo Russell and the 27th pick or 28th pick to at least move up into like the mid first round or even that 12 range, you know, that people after the, after pick 10 guys were ready to like, you know, move down the draft and all that stuff, you know, I mean, even Sacramento traded the pick, right? Their number 10 pick to Portland. You're telling me we couldn't gotten it. We couldn't have gotten a deal like that. And, you know, Pete brought up the point that, you know, if you just wait for one more year, Mozgov only has two years left and you stretch it and you only have 6 million on your books for the next five years. You're going to be cap strapped after 2018, 19 anyways. It wouldn't have hurt you to do that stretch move. And Mozgov would have been a competent big that Lonzo Ball could have thrown lobs to, you know? So I, I still don't understand the rush here. And yeah. if people are going to point to the, the culture and the attitude thing, like it's the off season, you can wait. D'Angelo Russell is not killing people. He's not punching kittens and, you know, smothering puppies, you know, a day on the daily. So it's fine. We can wait yeah. till free agency. And that's the thing. I think everybody agrees the rush was, uh, well, maybe not everybody, but most, I think most rational people agree that the rush was completely unnecessary. That being said, I my whole point with this, with this, uh, what I was bringing up was I don't think that's necessarily makes it related to the Paul George situation. Like, I don't think they were rushing because of the Paul George situation. I think they made a rush move and they didn't consider all their, you know, they didn't could think like, oh, maybe we can just hold on to this. I think maybe internally, you know, we can speculate for, I'll, I'll give one reason. Maybe internally they thought, the second we select Lonzo Ball, D'Angelo Russell's value is going to plummet even more because people are going to think we're just trying to get rid of him. But I don't, is that a valid rationale? In my opinion, not necessarily. I'm just saying that's what they, maybe they thought. But I, I just think that that, that I agree they shouldn't have rushed, but based on how things went today in the draft, I think they drafted these guys to keep them. And I, and because of that, I think that they got these picks to keep these, to keep these on their team i don't think this was ever related to uh the paul george trade no and i think that's a fair a fair assessment or, or a fair argument it's just it's just weird to have brooke lopez on this team you know i mean it's a, a bunch of young guys we don't have a pick if it wasn't a rush to get paul george then what are we doing this season you know but the I mean? brooke lopez is like that's irrelevant right because it's just that was just for salary purposes right but but i think they're all the intention was always to get paul george to be with brooke lopez so that our team could improve to such a level where our 2018 pick doesn't matter where instead you take Giangelo Russell out, you bring Brooke Lopez in for some reason, you don't have Paul George, and we're a bad team. I mean, we're like a top five, top seven team that the Celtics could 
you know, easily get our pick next year again. So yeah, I think that part is confusing for it's me. It's very confusing, um, but I don't think you you make moves to avoid giving the Celtics a top pick. You know what I mean? It's like this was the best they thought they could do. It's like we all said, and 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 you guys both said it too. Like maybe this deal wouldn't have been here, and they made a rush. I don't want to say the word panic because I wasn't there, but they they made a they maybe they made a rush move because they were afraid this opportunity wouldn't come again. And can I just add one more thing to the culture thing, which I'm not buying? I don't you know. Yeah, I'm not sure being if I buy so it. toxic. Because guess what? Jordan Clarkson is still on this team. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't make any sense. Like jo- Jordan Clarkson was arguably, you know, he was the most influenced by Swaggy He's, just a, he's and, kind and, of a know, clown. He's a clown, yeah. and yeah, there there have been reports and rumors that you know on the road he'd be booking clubs, yeah, uh, at, during halftime, you know. So, but if if anything, but, will but you're, again, but will your yeah. would your just to play devil's advocate because I agree with you hundred percent. But would your opinion change if, like, in the next two weeks, both Clarkson and Randall are traded, or especially Clarkson? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, definitely. And because it seems like they're they're focused. I mean, you, you, like you said, they're really putting their their money where their mouth is in terms of the culture thing. Right? Yeah, they high character people. And, and I it seems and like I guess what I'm it. trying to also think of is like, okay, you have these three guys who maybe as a new management group you don't think are going to fit with what you're trying to build. So Clarkson, we discussed on actually on the show, like you, it's hard to trade him with Luel Dang or Timothy Mozgov because his contract is big enough to where when you combine it with those guys, it's too much outgoing salary. Like no team can absorb that much. Um, so you can't really use him in a salary dump. That being said, you can trade him easily by himself and get something. Okay. Maybe the next step after that line of thinking was, okay, can we use Julius Randle to just dump Mozgov? Maybe, they, I don't know what they did. Maybe they called all the teams so they could potentially handle Mozgov and say, would you take Julius Randle for Mozgov and got declined? I, I don't know if that's what they did, but that's possible. And then they just settled with with uh, Russell, not justifying their move because as we mentioned a hundred times, they didn't have to, they didn't really feel like they had to rush to do it. I'm just... Just that that's one possible way they could have gone about it. Yeah, for sure. Alan, do you have any thoughts? No, not really. Other than I, I hope they really went through all their options and, and exhausted them, you know, and just ended up at that point, like Tommy said. Yeah, so I'm, I'm reading some quick tweets here from Rob Palinka's presser that obviously we weren't able to delve too deeply into because we're doing this right now. Um, what do you guys think about this phrase right here? Obviously... Rob Palenka is highlighting shooting as something that he's definitely going to go after in free agency this summer. Um, I think we kind of solved that with Josh Hart, but not to the extent that we need, especially with Swaggy P opting out, but thank God he is. <laughs> that frees up another $5.6 million. But we definitely need help in the shooting department. D'Angelo Russell's gone. Um, and so Palenka says shooting is definitely a priority. And then he said, with regards to free agency... He says he thinks two superstar players need to come join the Lakers, quote-unquote, that is our plan. Wait, what? Sorry, can you repeat that one more time? Oh, he said with regards to free agency, he thinks two superstar players needs to come to the need to come to join the Lakers. That's our plan. Um, so, <laughs> it's, I mean, uh, and it's, yeah. he, he also said the Russell Mozgov trade did three things. One, get an all-star caliber five, salary cap, uh... <laughs> salary cap relief, and gave Lakers four picks in the draft. So, Alan, yeah, your thoughts stay, yeah. on that? Those are those are true statements. Um, but my my initial take is it's like deja vu. 
Um, the only difference yeah. being it's not Mitch and Jim, it's Magic and Palinka, which, you know, I guess, yeah, of course it makes a difference. We can't ignore that fact, but <sighs> I don't know. It's just been there, done that kind of thing, you know, and uh, like I said earlier today, hopefully we all eat crow um, at the end of all of this crap and we all sound like a bunch of idiots that were freaking out. You know, that would that would be my hope. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we just sound like a bunch of goddamn idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sacrifice myself for that. <laughs> uh, Charles Barkley, right? Terrible. Uh, Man, this is terrible, Kenny. It's terrible. You bunch of knuckleheads. I hope we're a bunch of knuckleheads. But, you know, when he says we've got an all-star caliber five, I feel like that's a bit disingenuous. Yes, I know Brooke Lopez used to be an all-star. Yeah, but, I mean, come on. It's, it's not like he's going to stay with the team past this year, too. You know? I guess he could have and said I- we got an all-star five. That would have been worse. Caliber makes it sound like, yeah, he's like at that level. He's been at that level before. Way to spin it. Yeah, but that's that's Rob Palinka, everybody. We're happy that we have Lonzo Ball, number two. We have a point guard at the very least. He can change the entire dynamic and atmosphere of this team and hopefully make everyone around him better. I forgot who it was, but there was this one player. I think it was Jonah Bolden or whatever in the mid-first round or something. Uh And it was just an offhand comment, but the commentator was like, if this guy played with Lonzo Ball, he would be a lottery pick. (laughs) It was just a random comment, but it was really funny. I was like... So that just shows you, you know, the the type of rapport Lonzo Ball has around yeah, like, the, the league. The, and people who are everybody. very into like analyzing games are very, very high on Lonzo Ball, which should be yeah, a very yeah, encouraging yeah. sign to all of us. The woman interviewing all the players afterwards asked TJ Leaf. Unfor- I feel I feel so bad for TJ Leaf and his parents must have been so mad too. But she was like, "So you played with Lonzo Ball for a year at UCLA? How, what do you think the Lakers should be expecting?" And if I'm TJ Leaf, I'm like, "Dude, ask me about myself. Like, don't talk to me about Lonzo Ball, <laughs> even though he's awesome." But it does show like just all the the hype train around him. Yep, and we're looking forward to digging deeper into all this stuff, seeing a more formal press conference for Lonzo Ball and the other players and summer leagues right around the corner. Freaking, freaking free agency is next week or in two weeks or so. Crazy. Um, So we'll get prepared for that. But for now, it could have been worse is all I can say. Oh, for sure, dude. I mean, (laughs) this is so much better than I think what we all thought it was going to be today. This is like one of those, you know, kind of like how free agency went last year where it's like you start off really, really, really low and then you just work your way up from there. And the Lakers did a good job of, you know, rebounding from the lows of goodbye, D'Angelo, hello, cap space, my old friend. Did you like that? (laughs) Nice, nice. So the uh, the introductory press conference is tomorrow at 2.30. Awesome. Yeah, dude. Cool. I'm ready to hear it. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess to end this show, what are our confidence levels on Paul George even coming at this point? Are we thinking he's just going to get traded to somebody else, some team else? It seems like Pritchard's being kind of petty. Or is he really going to try and walk to us next summer? Tommy? I think both. I think he's going to get traded to another team. He's going to get traded 100%. I think the chances he comes to LA are 10%. I think he's going to go to another team for one year and then leave. Alan, what about you? I think I also think he's going to get traded this year, not to us. As far as him coming to us, uh, I'll give us a 30% chance. Okay. Yeah. I, what kind of team would it have to be for him to walk to us, though? I don't believe that if he goes to the Celtics, he's going to walk to us. I believe any team he goes to, he'll walk to us. 
okay. I think he. I All think right. he's I actually like- serious, dude. I th- I think in these situations the players are like sometimes more candid, you know what I mean? Like Jimmy Butler straight up told Cleveland, like just, Hey, FYI, Cleveland was trying to put together a package for him. And he was just like, Hey, FYI, like between Cleveland and Chicago, I'd rather just stay in Chicago. And ultimately he goes to Minnesota and gets reunited with Thibodeau. So it's like, I think the players are somewhat candid. And I think, the guy isn't saying like, yeah, you know, I'm leaning L.A., but I don't know. He's like straight up telling people and, and making trying to make it very clear. This is a rental. And like, I, you know, maybe he's also saying like, it's not that I'm not going to try or like not try to get injured or, you know, whatever. I'm going to play, but it's a rental. I'm leaving no matter what. We win the championship. I'm leaving. And I, and I have to take it, take that at face value. Yeah, that's fair. All right. With that said, we're feeling a lot better than we were just a day ago, two days ago. Lonzo Ball, it's Lit LA, Josh Hart, Kyle Kuzma, and Thomas Bryant. Let's do this. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys later. Uh, It was fun. Uh, Alan, peace out. Tommy, peace out. Later. Peace. This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, there's no more even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states.